Welcome back, folks, to your Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly for the weekend of June 23rd, 2023. Damn, Mickey, we're almost at the halfway point for the year. Uh, we're joined again this week by the mercenary geologist, Mickey Fult. And, you know, with two outsized rate hikes uh, this week from the UK and Norway, uh, promises of more to come from just about everybody else, save for China and Japan, which are going in the other direction. And that result of that is that markets are starting to come to grips a bit more with the idea of higher interest rates for longer uh, than that higher dollar on the week. And all of that didn't do the metals a whole hell of a lot of good. Well, it certainly did not. So you can argue we're in a risk-off environment over the last couple of days in the U.S. markets, but uh, gold has not performed at all. Uh, uh, it was down today as the dollar had a half a point rise, but I've noticed that uh, it's it traded over the last couple of weeks in in a range that has very little to do with the dollar going up or going down. Um, looks to me like it's early onset of the annual disease known as the summer doldrums. So yep. uh, that said, gold lost $36 to close at 19.20. Silver was down a buck 60 to close at 22.42, that's 7% drop in silver. Platinum down 6.6% at 9.16, at 9.16, and palladium reached a four and a half year low. It closed at 12.54, down 10% on the week. You know, copper did less bad than I would have expected, Look, given all of those and given energy, which we'll get to in a minute. You know, worries about recession are growing. Um, in fact, worries about recession compounded by continued rate hikes, even into a recession, like the ECB is more acutely doing, and now the UK this week. So copper didn't do all that bad, uh, given how badly it could have done. Well, I'll agree with that. Uh, it was weaker, cl closed down nominally four cents to close at three eighty-three. It's in backwardation to December, uh, which does not uh, bear positive outlook going forward. Recession fears, as you mentioned, hawkish Fed speak, rate rises across the pond, but this was balanced, and this may have to do with why it didn't drop as much as it, it might be expected. The canceled warrants jumped yesterday, uh, so that basically is copper going out of warehouses in a canceled warrant, so that balanced copper out a bit. Okay, well, that was, that was at least somewhat encouraging news. And, and I think mitigating that a little bit, too, although it didn't help with energy, is that China, as I referenced a moment ago, is going in the opposite direction. They're easing monetary policy, and there's some hopes that maybe their lackluster recovery, such as it is of 2023, won't get any worse. We'll, we'll see. But moving on to energy, uh, we had an oil closed back with a six handle again this week oil wti closed down 3.3 percent close at 69.28 once again 
driven by the central bank rate hikes overseas and recession fears weighing remains weak. Uh, rig numbers continue to weaken, minus five again this week. Production, 12.2 million barrels per day. That's off 200,000, but still within range. But if rigs continue to drop in the shale oil patch, uh, that production number looks to me like it has to come down. Uh, stocks inventories were down 3.8 million barrels after last week's big jump of 8 million barrels. Imports 6.2 million barrels per day. That's about average. Refineries continuing on the uptick despite some out outages in the Gulf Coast. Uh, these are four-week averages, 16.5 million barrels per day on average, and that's a continuing uptick here for seems like the last couple of months or so. Uh, news from the oil patch or the biofuels patch is the ag lobby is completely kerfuffled by the fact that uh, uh, the few food for fuel mandates from the Biden administration are solved. That's basically they take corn, which is food, and they make ethanol out of it and screw up your internal combustion engine. Well, and to the extent that that is done at all, uh, with uh, 67% of uh, U.S. cropland in drought conditions starting out this summer, uh, mm -hmm. and corn and ethanol are going to get pretty damn expensive by summer's end. Yeah, so I'm here in Ozarks, Missouri, and uh, we are in drought conditions. Trout fishing has been nearly impossible because of low water on spring-fed creeks. And the farmers, Missouri is the third largest beef uh, market in the United States. We raise more beef here than all but Missouri and Texas. And the farmers here are already buying hay for their cattle, and they usually don't buy hay until November. Ouch. Yeah, there's going to be some major food inflation that's, uh, I don't think, is on a lot of people's radars by the time we get into the end of summer, early fall. And that's not going to do the Fed a whole heck of a lot of good. Uh, real quick, before we move on to the dollar and the other currencies, the uranium price pretty much flatlined, really nothing new there. It's a, still a percolating story. Um, you know, what, 56.50 still, uh, just like last week. Yeah, it's flat. Uranium equities are flat. They've been in the doldrums here for about a year and a half. Yeah. Moving on, the dollar, even without the Fed acting last week, uh, did get some benefit from Fire Marshal Jay jawboning the House and the Senate in his semiannual testimony, uh, and the dollar benefited somewhat from that. Yeah, the dollar was up half a percent today, close at one. Oh, 0.2288, actually six-tenths percent rise since last week. Euro lost basically equivalent amount, close at 108.9. Uh, the loonie was flat, 75.82. Ten-year Treasury dropped three basis points to close at 3.74. So other than the dollar 
rise, and that all happened in the last 24 hours. Uh, the forex mon- uh, monetary markets pretty flat this week. Yeah, I'd, I'd give a gold star, frankly, to the loony for not losing anything with yeah. the be- with the beating that the commodities took. Yeah, and so that was my initial thought, and I went back and checked the numbers. It was up three basis points on the week, yeah. essentially zero percent gain. Yeah, that was that's quite that's surprising. Yeah, that is surprising. Uh, moving on to Wall Street, uh, had losses to break the recent string of gains. Yeah, this comes in with a risk-off environment. I think attributed it mostly to. Powell's very hawkish statements. I mean, what people expect, <laughs> they're going to continue to raise rates. You know, he's he's following the Volcker model. When Volcker was raising rates in the early 80s, he would do these pauses for, for uh, six weeks and then come back in and raise rates again. Uh, uh, you know, Powell's really uh, signaling that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and that knocked the markets down. Uh, Dow closed at thirty-three seven twenty-nine, down one point seven percent. Broke a three-week winning streak. S and P five hundred down one point four percent, close at forty-three forty-eight. That broke a five-week winning streak. The VIX remains extremely low at thirteen point two. Not a lot of volatility in the markets, and Christmas goes right back to the summer doldrums are looming. Uh, it could be argued they've already started. Yep. Sometimes they always start in mid to late June, so people are going on vacation here, and it's not a lot of interest in the markets during the summertime. NASDAQ lost 1.4%, closed at 13.493. Uh, and the other thing that you mentioned, and, and I will agree with, or in our conversation before the podcast started, PMI, Manufacturing PMI, Purchasing Managers Index, was horrible. Dropped again this week. Uh, May was 48.4. Anything below 50 is is uh, a slowdown in growth, uh, 46.3 this month and that's horrible so uh, we're starting to see that in uh, purchasing manu- manufacturers index so that's basically uh, factories purchasing goods for uh, future production and so it's a leading economic indicator not good well, no, it's not. And I alluded to other parts of the world where there's still upward pressure on interest rates and they're in full-fledged recession, uh, Europe most acutely, and yet the ECB is telling us they're not done raising rates. And I, and I think this is something that's going to start to sink in is, and it's going to make the summer doldrums worse is when these central banks, uh, again, with the exceptions notably of China and Japan, they're going to continue to tighten to try and keep inflation on the way down, and it's not going to matter how bad the economy deteriorates. At least in the U.S., you've still got a couple of halfway decent numbers. Uh, astonishing to everybody is how strong some of the housing statistics have been again recently. Uh, but aside from that, you know, the manufacturing, a lot of uh, consumer purchases, consumer spending, it's uh, starting to roll over quite a bit. 
before we move on and look at what's ahead for next week, we can't leave out the Venture Exchange, which uh, uh, lost its six handle this week. Yeah, it's, if you look at a chart of the Toronto Venture Exchange since the first of the year, it basically is undulating, uh, flatlining, if you will. Uh, it dropped again this week, dropped 15 points to close at 599. That's a 2.4% loss on the week. Volumes have continued to decline, averaging 6 to 7, 16, 17 million shares per day. Uh, but if you look at the volumes over the last couple of months, then about once a week or once every seven days of trading, you get these tremendous volume spikes where it doubles. Uh, last week we had one at 31 million shares, a uh, week before 24, a week before that maybe 41 million shares. So you see this very, very historically low volumes with uh, about uh, a double one every five to seven days. I have no idea what's going on there. Probably something to do with the algorithms manipulating the market. Uh, certainly lots of naked short selling going on, but uh, no one cares. No one is interested in this market, and we've talked before. Yeah. Fundamental problems with the Toronto Venture Exchange, with a with it being there's too little money available and too many issuers out there. We need to reduce all the zombies, send them packing to uh, uh, Never Never Land, and maybe at some point we'll have a better junior resource market, but very highly dependent on the price of gold and commodities. Yeah, for sure. Well, we talked about uh, this past week. Uh, what are you looking at for the week ahead, Mickey? Well, I'm going to watch gold, see if it goes below support at 1900, below resistance. Uh, people talking numbers well below that as the summer doldrums progress. Fell below its 100-day moving average this week from a technical point of view that could be significant. Uh, we've got durable good orders and we've already talked about factory manufacturing PMI and that leads to this year, this week's theme, Factory Girl, a song from Beggar's Banquet and Mick Jagger waiting for a factory girl. So, uh, Next week also we got consumer confidence number. Uh, we always watch that. Uh, new and pending home sales, you say. Uh, some housing data came in strong over the last week or so, so we'll be looking at that. And then on Friday we got the personal consumer expenditure, supposedly the Fed's preferred look at inflation, but it does exclude fuel and food prices, which supposedly are too volatile to include. Right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, you and I so both... That's next week. Yeah, you and I both know that, uh, and there's there's statistics that anybody can find out there on this, if, if inflation today was figured the way it was 40 years ago, uh, the official numbers would be double and a bit more uh, yeah. than, than what yep. they're... 
than what they're telling us today. You've got all of these uh, new gimmicks that have been put in there to try and uh, lull the hoi polloi into some sense of security, a false sense of security on that. So lastly, what do we have for our poll this weekend? Our poll this week is uh, we're going to talk a bit about Tucker Carlson. So with Tucker on Twitter, which is his new podcast monologue, about two or three episodes a week, and tens of millions of viewers for every episode, up to uh, over a hundred million views in first uh, in a couple of them. Do you watch more than Fox News? Less than Fox News? Never watch either or other? Give us a snarky comment below. <laughs> Do you watch, let me get, understand that again. Do you watch more than Fox News? Do you watch Twi Tucker on Twitter more than you watch Fox News? Oh, I got it. I got it. Okay. Yeah, for me, it's probably a tie. I still do watch Fox somewhat, but I have started getting used to Twitter uh, and watching Tucker Carlson on there. And I got to tell you, just last night, my wife and I were watching the episode where he was talking about Bobby Kennedy, and he almost got yep. dizzy watching the numbers spin upward you know the likes the retweets and the replies and stuff i mean we there's an army of people on that thing and boy they just kept it was an avalanche of people yeah so so i no longer watch fox news as soon as they canned tucker i moved on so um so mine is more than fox news yeah hard to blame you so all right, well, Mickey, good to have you back this week. And, folks, thank you for tuning in. And uh, next week, uh, believe it or not, is our halfway point for the year. We'll see what the first half numbers were and and see how much worse the summer doldrums uh, get between now and then. Mickey, thanks as always. Have a great weekend. Thanks a lot, Chris. Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly is syndicated exclusively by our friends at Kitco.com. To keep up with Mickey Folk, visit him online at MercenaryGeologist.com and on Twitter under at MercenaryGeo. Yours truly, Chris Temple, can be found at NationalInvestor.com and on Twitter, it's at NatInvestor. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you again next week.